Hey, Pete, how are you? Chaz, it's great to see you. It's great to see you, my friend. Well, it's October 2020, and we are almost at the end of an insane election cycle in a even more insane year where things that we literally joked about, you know, years ago, decades ago, are actually happening. And there really aren't words. There really aren't words to describe it. So um, we're not going to uh, uh, say any more words about it. We're going to tell you about what we're doing. We are here today to announce our new podcast. Woo! Woo! Hooray! Because no one else is doing a podcast. So we thought, let's jump on the bandwagon. We're calling our podcast The Art of the Resistance. And we wanted to, you know, with this podcast, with this podcast, really pay testament to and help support the amazing work that artists, artist activists, artists and activists are doing to really help shape culture and create something magical that I think will outlast, certainly outlast this cycle and really is a multi-generational project that will really bring kind of the heart back to America. Yeah, it, I, you know, like I can't, I can't even describe like in the darkness that we've experienced because there has been many, many dark things that are occurring while the last four years have happened. But there's the, on one side, you have these activists who are, they're heartening in the amount of work that they're doing, the, the creativity they're bringing to their work, you know, not the artistic creativity, it's creativity nonetheless. And then on the other side, you have these artists that are expressing themselves in such a way that's authentic and, and earnest and, and the com combination of these two powerful forces is just, it's, it's a light and it's the light that we've been following. Yeah, I love that. I always think of that book, The Light, the light We Cannot See. And it's yeah. just, just all the goodness in the world. And, and for me, it's, it's, it just feels like love. Just yeah. that, the nexus of, of shared values with your brothers and sisters, marching in arms, playing music. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get much better. So we could wax philosophical, philosophic, philosophical for, uh, for, for a long time. But um, we want to get going with this podcast because you just heard two dudes talk for the last five minutes. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we're going to play for you. Um, we're going to start by playing you uh, music from shows we've been working on over the last few years with an organization we, we founded called Face the Music Collective. And Pete, you're much better explaining what Face the Music is than I, I am. So go for it. So we're just a group of what we call creative activists who what we do is we partner with organizations for a good cause. And the, the thing that we ask for from these organizations is for them to develop a cooperative call to action that we can bring and put forth in our performances. So if you can visualize when you're watching an artist on the stage and they're singing some song that moves you, it could be moving by telling a story. It could be moving you by, um, by you're joining them in a chorus that becomes familiar to you. And, and in that moment, transferring that, that thing that you're feeling into a f an action that has an impact. And that's why, that's why we partner with these organizations and it's been truly remarkable. So what we're gonna talk about, at least initially, is partnering with political campaigns that are making a difference this year. 
and we've had a great a great time of it we played with candidates running for state legislative races in texas and florida north carolina georgia arizona pennsylvania and did i miss any minnesota michigan i mean there's just so many wonderful wonderful folks out there yeah there there's i mean we basically played uh, shows in almost all bat uh, online shows in almost all those bat battleground states and what we sought to do was to find um, uh, competitive strategic races with candidates you know that had a chance that we can give them a little boost so we raised some money we raised about twenty four thousand dollars that we know of we recruited some volunteers and we what I like to call um, we put up a digital lawn sign that could not be stolen <laughs> yeah, I love that. And gave it some music. Yeah, and gave them some music. Gave it a theme song. Oh, I yeah. love that. Digital yeah. lawn sign. Okay, so we're going to play, the first show we're going to play is from our event with Laurie Pahutsky. And Laurie is running for re-election in Michigan's District 19. She, she won by a razor-thin margin in 2018, and the path to the, winning the Michigan's uh, State House goes through her. We had a great time chatting with her, and then Laurie actually uh, stuck around, and we, we talked about many things afterwards, including that moment when the Trump supporters stormed the Michigan State House. So we're going to play that in a separate episode, that, that chat, because it's really interesting. So for now, uh, this is the Face the Music show with Laurie Pahutsky. Enjoy. Do something, do something, do something now. Do something, do something, do something now. Lori, look. Hey. It's it's Lori Pahusky. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> it's I such a pleasure you. to be here and do a show for you today. This is my friend Chaz Castell. My name is Pete Cronin. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, Good to see you guys too. Great to be, great to be here. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Hey, so yeah, it's great to be here with you guys too. Um, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of really, really important stuff going on everywhere uh, across the country, world really. Um, but here in Michigan as well, uh, my name is Lori Bohutsky. I am uh, the state representative for the 19th House District, which uh, had previously not been held by a Democrat since the Nixon administration. Uh, so we flipped it in 2018. Uh, before that, I was a microbiologist. I worked uh, in toxicology labs, uh, healthcare R&D, things like that. Um, I ran for office because I thought that it was important to have a scientific perspective in the legislature. Global pandemic was not on my first term bingo card, but uh, I'm, I'm still glad that I'm there for it. Um, but no, it's, it's obviously uh, been... It, it, my first term is obviously not what I thought it was going to be, but it's an honor. Um, and I, I am very, very grateful that I'm, I'm there to, uh, you know, bring the, bring an evidence-based policy to, to conversations that otherwise might not have them. Uh, so I live in Livonia, which is, uh, the only city in my district. It's, uh, the majority of the city of Livonia, um, with, two goofy cats and a, a goofy dog, my rescue pets. So uh, it's great to be here with you guys tonight. My goofy dog is back there. My cat will eventually be in my lap. I can already tell she's gearing up to make an appearance. So, <laughs> Well, well, it's, it's a pleasure to, to do this show for you. So, you know, maybe what we should do is kind of kick it off with a little music. And then uh, after I'm done playing a couple songs, then 
we'll bring you back in and you can say a few words. So this song was written uh, about the pandemic. My wife happens to be, uh, she left, left me for a campaign, actually. <laughs> she left me to be a campaign manager for a race in Arizona. And uh, so I started this song about her, but this song became something bigger. When the world is a little bit colder, you can be the blanket for me. When this world is a little bit darker, you're the light. I can see if your arms cannot hold me, it's your love I still feel, and your heart is the only beating thing that is real. Stay safe, stay safe until you're home here with me. Stay safe, stay safe. Home is where you should be. turn it over to, to Lori and Lori we'd like to hear a little bit about you and your platform for sure for sure um so in in 2018 I ran on um kind of a bold platform I'm not gonna lie uh I was not really expected to be able to flip this seat so the party just kind of like left me alone for a little while which was great because then um 
I had nobody telling me you can't say that. That's crazy. People won't like that. So we talked about um, how important climate change is and how important reproductive ju justice is. Um, universal health care, single payer health care, you know, that why these things are important. And, um, you know, I think that the things we were talking about in 2018, we knew they were important. There were things that I worked on all throughout my first term. The second uh, piece of legislation I ever introduced was uh, repealing a law that passed during lame duck of 2018. And lame duck here in the Michigan legislature in 2018 was horrendous. There were over 300 bills that were passed. Uh, it was basically just a, a wish list because the the Republicans knew that there was going to be a Republican Dem or a, I'm sorry, a, a Democratic governor, attorney general, and secretary of state coming in. So we saw you know bills introduced that these ones were luckily vetoed, but were basically just limiting the governor's power and limiting the attorney general's power, things that were engineered just to try and tie their hands. Now that we had Democrats in those offices. But one of the other things that passed was what's called no stricter than federal. And what that does is it shackles our rules, regulations, standards to the federal ones. And that's across the board. So that's when we look at things like civil rights, reproductive justice, but environmental regulations as well. You mean the state's and rights party passed? Right. <laughs> Go figure. Sorry, I, I couldn't stop myself. No, exactly. Um, you know, and the, the other thing about that is I'm, I'm sure everyone here is aware uh, we don't have uh, the most environmentally minded folks running the EPA right now. So it's really important, particularly in a state like Michigan, which is surrounded by 25% of the world's fresh water and also has really, really serious problems with, uh, you know, PFAS contamination, um, air quality. We, we need to be able to tackle those in a way that you know, we determine is best for us. We don't have the average, you know, emissions and, and, you know, levels of these contaminants in our groundwater. So we need to be able to respond to those in a way that works for our state. Uh, so I introduced legislation to repeal that, um, you know, because I, I talked to folks here in Livonia and the environment is, is and has always been one of the top issues because you know we might not be next to a great lake here in Livonia or um, you know we might not use groundwater as our source of drinking water but these are issues that affect the affect the entire state so they understand that they're they're tremendously important um, so you know I, I had mentioned that uh, I, I flipped the seat in 2018 and we flipped a total of six seats in 2018. Um, we lost one, so we only had a net gain of five, um, but we were only four away from gaining a majority in the house and, uh, not to overstate my importance. That's not what I'm trying to say, but we need to flip that house. And unfortunately we're not going to do it if we don't hold on to, to seats like mine, the ones that we flipped in, in the last cycle. So I really do tremendously appreciate all of your support today. Uh, it, the, the most surprising and frustrating thing that I've seen is the, the roadblocks that are put up just because of politics. There are things that have immense support across the state from citizens. So when you were talking earlier about the people who are in power don't necessarily represent the people that they're elected to represent. If you look here in Michigan, over 70% of people support LGBTQ rights. Uh, we have the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act here in Michigan, 
the LGBTQ community is actually not included as part of a protected class under the Civil Rights Act in our state, which means that some employers have the ability to discriminate against their employees if they're, you know, LGBTQ. They, they may be denied housing. So 70, over 70% of people in our state support changing that. And, and, you know, obviously I support it as well. When the speaker, so every, every year it's introduced to expand these protections to the community. This year when it was reintroduced, someone asked the speaker of the house, you know, do you, would you be supportive of doing this? Most people in Michigan want that. And he said, you know, I, I don't think that people are being discriminated against just because they're gay every single day. And if that were actually happening, I think we would have heard about it in the news. Yeah. If you just Google LGBTQ community or LGBTQ discrimination in Michigan, it will be news story after news story of hate crimes against this community, particularly trans women of color being murdered, being beaten. So it's frustrating to me that something that isn't even politically controversial, this is one of the easiest things that we can do. We could do it tomorrow. Um, just won't, won't get done. Wow. So that's why it's important to flip the house because you know, there are things that we just run into gridlock on that don't make sense. And it's important that we focus on the things that are important to the people here in Michigan. So there's one other thing you might want to mention, and that's the census and how important, absolutely, you know, absolutely. So impact on Michigan, the Michigan House, but also the congressional sure. portion of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, filling out the census, make sure that we get the funding that we need. Just make sure that everyone's accurately counted. And yes, make sure that we have an accurate count of people so that we know, you know, even things just how many representatives we're going to have in, in you know, the, at the state level and at the federal level. So filling out the census is tremendously important. Uh, here in my community, we have a really, really great, a really great rate of response. We see a, a much lower rate in communities that frankly need assistance more in lower income communities, uh, you know, in, in areas that face a lot of systemic racism, environmental racism. Those reporting numbers are not as, as high as we want and frankly need them to be. So filling out the census takes 10 minutes out of your day. And it's one of the most important things you can do to make sure that you're, you're being counted and, and you're uh, being ac accounted for when it comes to things like federal funding. And then once the census is completed, that triggers redrawing district lines, both for, you know, the, the state maps, but congressional lines too, right? It does. But here in Michigan, we passed, uh, it was called Proposition 3. That's right. And yes, we have an independent redistricting commission. Uh, we're in the process of uh, picking those people now. Uh, each party gets a chance to, to strike some of the, the members and, you know, new ones are picked. Um, but voters passed that in 2018, and that was spearheaded by a group called Voters Not Politicians because, you know, both parties in across the state, but certainly here in Michigan, have taken advantage of gerrymandering. And, you know, here in Michigan, we have term limits. Uh, state representatives get three terms, two years each. Uh, state senators get two terms, four years each. And there's a lot of problems with term limits. Uh, chief among them being that the people with the most institutional knowledge in our state capital are lobbyists. Yeah. There's also this propensity to just kick really big issues down the road. 
because if you can't solve them in six years, what's it matter to me, which is the wrong attitude to be taking when it comes to state government. So if we can tackle the gerrymandering problem by redrawing districts in a fair way and make sure that we can vote out people who aren't representing the people that they should be representing, then, you know, we can start examining things like term limits to make sure that we can actually do really meaningful legislation that requires some heavy lifting and that there's some investment in the job that you're doing while you're serving the people of the state. And, and your, your victory in 2018 was a razor thin margin, right? It was 224 votes, uh, which, you know, this year campaigning is unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, normally we would have been knocking doors starting in March and that's just not something we can do this year. So we're uh, having to, to rely on voter contacts in different ways. You know, uh, Pete mentioned writing postcards, phone banking, all of these, those things are so, so critical to campaigns this year because with a margin like 224 votes, every single conversation and every single interaction we had with voters was crucial. And that's gonna be just as crucial this year. The chair of the Republican Party in Michigan lives in my district. They are coming after this seat hard. So we have to make sure that we outwork everybody as much as we can and don't let any success go to our head. Uh, you know, I, I, John Dingle used to say, you can either run, unoppo run unopposed or you can run scared. And we are certainly not running unopposed. So we have our work cut out for us. So, and if someone did want to volunteer, would they go to the uh, Lori Pahutsky for Michigan.com website? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So there's a, a contact page there and you can sign up and we'll send out uh, emails for volunteer opportunities. Uh, we're doing phone banking, postcard writing. We're getting towards texting too. We didn't want to start that too early, but that's something that we're going to be relying on pretty heavily too. Cool. And uh, and they could do that from wherever they are in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. You know, all of those things are things that anybody can do. And, and we're so appreciative for all of the, the help that we get. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm so, so inconspicuous on uh, Facebook. You know, they, my friends don't realize the fact that uh, that I would say something like do something now in a song. And so this is going to be a shock to their system when they find out they can actually wherever they are in the country. They can do something now. <laughs> you definitely can. You definitely can. Yeah. Well, amazing. Amazing. Um, I've got so many questions I'd love to ask you about, you know, uh, getting into office and deciding to run. I think, you know, Pete mentioned, I mean, many people don't know you're like a superhero. I mean, you're basically putting your career on hold, your life on hold to run for office. And it's something that many people, I don't think, understand just how difficult that is. So thank you for for, 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 work, for working for us. You know no, I mean? my pleasure. My pleasure. And in all honesty, there's a an amount of privilege that comes with that, too. And that's something that I, I really want to acknowledge. It is it is putting your career on hold. I was fortunate. I was never able to quit my job. I am not independently wealthy. I had a mortgage to pay. Uh, but I had a job that was tremendously understanding. I honestly, I was so terrified of them finding out. I didn't tell them until after I won my primary. So I came in, I took the primary off, day off, came in the next day on about an hour and a half of sleep. And I'd been working full time and I 
took, I went into my boss's office and I went, I have to tell you something. And I pulled up the New York times article and I went, this is happening now. Um, and they were so completely understanding. They let me go down to part-time. Uh, they let me kind of set my own schedule because there, there was no schedule campaigning. <laughs> it changed week to week, but that is a very privileged thing that I was able to do. Uh, so, you know, Yes, definitely. I, I, I put my career on hold and I, I do miss the lab, particularly right now. The, the last lab I was working in is now working on COVID diagnostic testing, uh, which is incredible, important work. So I, I do miss the lab, but this is very, very important too. You know, I, I woke up after November 2016 and I'd been an activist for some time and suddenly that didn't feel like I was doing enough. And I was in a position where I was able to run and it, it was my pleasure to do it, but it, it was also a very privileged thing to be able to, to take the time and put the money into it that it did take. I, I love that you are uh, so upfront about how it's a privileged position, but I'd also turn that around and say um, what that means and not necessarily for Lori, but overall that means that, you know, there's a certain type of person who cannot run for office and they just can't afford to do it. So therefore, it limits the pool. And therefore, if it's not a Lori Pahutsky, it's someone who's following their own interests rather than the interests of other folks. And, and to me, that is like, that's the crux of this whole issue is that, you know, there, there's a group of people who run for office and they're not really interested in serving their constituents. They're serving their own interests. And that's not what I see in your platform. That's not what I hear from you. It's not the in the legislation you've proposed or that you vote for. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. No, but that that is very true. You know, every now and then they kick up this idea of a part time legislature. And what that means is you will be working part time. So you either have to have a job that doesn't care that you can't show up for a month or two months at a time. Right or you don't work and you have the ability to, you know, be in Lansing for a couple months at a time. And if we, if we were to enact something like that, nothing like that has ever gotten a, a decent amount of traction. But if we do, are to enact something like that, we are going to see the type of people representing us that do not actually reflect the community. Like I said, I couldn't give up my job to campaign. I don't know anybody that could just give up their job to, to serve in Lansing, which is a great honor, but it's not something that the average citizen can do. So I, I think that we have to make sure that the policies around who we want to be elected are actually also showing who who they're meant to represent. Yeah. And you, you mentioned your activism work. Just curious, so in California, we were very blindness to the rest of the country in terms of how the environment is. So in, in terms, you know, Michigan, can you give us some ideas of the environment there? and? Are things more progressive than they were maybe four years ago or what were the changes you're seeing? I definitely think so. Uh, so I started in, in college, I was part of the Gay Straight Alliance on campus. Um, and that was where I really cut my teeth, actually protesting at the Capitol a fair amount. <laughs> um, but, you know, more recently, there's been groups like Indivisible that have popped up and done some really, really great work. Um, you know, even right now in Livonia, so Livonia is majority white by quite a bit. It has a, 
a, a pretty rocky history when it comes to race relations, in all honesty. Um, and I think that it's important we be honest about that, particularly right now. But recently, there's been a group that uh, has formed after the, the murder of George Floyd. There was a, a protest, a, a peaceful demonstration that had over 1,500 people there. And for a city that is as majority white as it is, uh, that, that means something. That means something a lot. And now they're working very well with the local police department to get some data about traffic stops and you know, race relations and, and things like that. So for it to be happening here in this city that has been conservative for as long as it has, I do think it shows that the climate is really, really shifting in Michigan. Michigan had been a democratic state for such a long time that went red when, when Donald Trump was elected. Right. And I think that the response to that has been, okay, we fell asleep at the wheel. We cannot let that happen again. We have got to be active. And I, I it, it, it shows, it really does show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it does. You know, it's, it's amazing to see how the response, not just in the US, but not internationally to George Floyd's murder has just been profound. And the the vast amount of peaceful protest, sustained peaceful protest in this country, it shows that we have an opportunity to change the the systemic issues. And they and really addressing the underlying problems, I think is what really the protests have been able to like push forward. Um, not just some surface things, which, you know, have been proposed by uh, people in power now. So, you know, I, I don't want to make it divisive, but, you know, there's there are ways to fix these problems. They're not intractable, mm. you know. And it's it's just, I don't know what the word is to hear, Laura, just to hear you say that these so many issues we could fix tomorrow and the blocker is politics. It just, it makes me grind my teeth, frankly. Right, yeah. you know, to think about because I know exactly those personalities we see at the federal level as well, um, and they just make choices that are against ordinary people. So you know, I, I think maybe Chaz, maybe we should have you play a, a couple songs. I mean, you know, you're here. Yeah, and sure. I kind of like your music, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Well, I, I guess the theme of my uh, we're at twelve minutes. I guess the theme of my next few songs will be. Uh, we love conquers all. You know, we're here. We're 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 basically celebrating humanity. We're here to do good work, um, and we have differences, but we can resolve them. And um, just just picking up on your your point, Laurie, but we can solve these problems. So I have two songs to play, kind of on that on that theme. All right. Well, let's let's turn it over to Chaz. And Chaz, I won't interrupt you with the clapping. Normally, so when we started all these shows off, it was me and Chaz, kind of, I guess. Fooling around would be a nice way to say it, you know, like we were just, you know, and then we would bring other artists on. And then and then after he'd play, we had these recorded audience cheers. <laughs> so wait, they, right. they were real. Sorry. Yeah, they, they weren't they, real. You didn't have a crowd of 500 people there. They, they, just, yeah, they're they're virtually in your oh, head. I, man. <laughs> I just hear that when I go to sleep. I just hear the, the crowd <laughs> of people cheering from your house. Well, all right, Chaz, I'm going to turn it over to you. And at this point, I think I'm going to switch to my microphone. And it looks like it's working. Great. Okay, I'm uh, going to try and play a song with looping through my, through the magic of Firewire. 
song is called Putting the World Back Together. Try to tell us who we are. They give us names to keep us apart. But we are all the same, we've all got hearts. Can you hear it? Something is happening. Something is happening We're putting the world back together We're picking the pieces up one by one We're making the changes forever We're building a way that won't come undone Breaking this fever we're under It starts with a revolution of one We've been under the sickness for too long Where hate and lies have become part of the job We can save ourselves and we'll all be cured If we let love in and our intentions are pure We're putting the world back together We're picking the pieces up one by one We're making a way that's forever Building change that won't come undone Breaking the fever we're under Bringing the heart back to everyone We're putting the world back together We're picking the pieces up one by one We're making a change just forever We're building a way that won't come undone Now I have to put the headphones back on Putting the world back together together
Okay, I'm going to try and loop my voice now. With love, 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 with love. With love, 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 I thought I would get my kind of nutty dog oh, here. Nice. And over Very here is Linda. Linda is uh, the the third of the amigos. No, it's a bad way to say that now, isn't it? <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> You're okay. I'm good with that. Yeah, Linda's uh, one of the great people who helps out on all these shows and keeps my sanity. And uh, so thank you, Linda. Lori, this has been an absolute pleasure. It's been kind of special because these, uh, Linda and Chaz are, are two of the folks that are my favorite folks in the world working on this whole thing with me and, uh, and helping bring these shows to, to candidates. So we are going to see you prevail. Yes. Lori, it was great. It was great to hear you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me listen to your songs. They were incredible. Uh, and thank you guys so much for your support. It means the world to me. I did see your cat like walk by in the background. Yep, that was Delilah. Yep. Delilah. Okay. And yeah. and Chess, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Do something now. Do something.